Hello and welcome to the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. This is the show where we talk about all things transportation, anything that gets you from here to there. I am the traffic anchor and the transportation reporter for Denver 7 News, Jason Luber, still broadcasting from my basement for the foreseeable future. It's been a year since I've been relegated to the basement, and here I still sit. I uh, understand that the uh, Big C Corporation will be making a decision sometime in May when they will start to bring people back to the station, and they will give us four weeks notice before coming back to the station. So if it happens sometime in May, then I guess sometime in June I could be coming back, or later, or never. I I just, you know, I, I just don't know. I just don't know. Anyway, if you want to be a part of the show, you can give me a call on the listener hotline. Just like in radio, you can be a, a caller to the hotline. You can you can call the wild card uh, the wild ca- uh, card channel um, uh, number. That's isn't that what Art Bell the wild card number? Uh, anyway, the number is three zero three eight three two zero two one seven. I was a big fan of Art Bell. Art was great. It was just his cadence, his demeanor. Hey, George Nori is just, he's fine, but he, he doesn't, I, I don't think he he's into it. Like uh, Art Bell lived and breathed the whole uh, UFO and, and alien and, and, and whatever conspiracy thing. I mean, he, he, he lived it. He, he, but he was, it was a part of him. Uh, and I don't think it's the same for George, but Anyway, if you want to be a part of the show, that's one of the best ways to do it. The uh, That number, as well as all the other contact information, is in the description of the show. Uh, no guest today. Frankly, I was just too apathetic to contact some... Actually, no, you know what? Actually, I did try to get a hold of somebody this week. But as I recall, now they never got back to me, so here we are. Um, I do have some ideas of, somebody I, uh, uh, of people I want to get uh, on the show. I want to start talking uh, again to some of the traffic reporters around the country. I, I, I really enjoyed that when I was talking to uh, some of the folks from different cities who report traffic. And, and I started with some of the Scripps traffic anchors since I work for EW Scripps, uh, the Scripps family of TV stations from around the country. And I, and I was starting to uh, talk to some of those folks, and it was great, great conversations. Um, and I want to start getting back to that. But there's some other people I want to, uh, traffic people I also want to uh, contact. When I was talking to Brett, uh, my love, the, 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 uh, a couple weeks ago, it made me think about uh, talking to other traffic people. Uh, so I hope to have those people on soon. And, and today I also want to talk about a situation in Minnesota. You've heard about this in the news. It, it really stems from a tweet that was forwarded to me talking about traffic stops. And I'll explain that tweet and my uh, position on the whole of this in just a minute. But when, you, when you're on an escalator... I saw this story and and it, it made it made me think about uh, when you're on an escalator. Do you like to just stand there and just take the ride, or do you like to walk up or down? It, it, I guess it, for me, it depends on the situation. If I'm in a hurry or and, and I want to walk, or or uh, I, I just want to stand there and enjoy the enjoy the view. General etiquette is that for most people, you stand if you're just just stand there. You're supposed to stand to the right. So you keep the other side open for people that might be in a hurry. And, and, and so it's, it's the left side is walking and, and the right side is, is standing. It's the same way when I, when I go to Denver International Airport, they have these walking or, or moving sidewalks where you can also just either stand there 
or or walk. And there's a lot of people that like to keep on walking on those moving sidewalks. It actually feels like you're going, like you're running, but just walking uh, when you're on that thing. Anyway, the general etiquette, again, is, is that you're standing on the right and, and you keep the left open for people in a hurry. Well, in Japan, there's a town where they say that practice is being called into question by a group that wants to make what they say escalators safer. I didn't realize that before reading this, that escalators were so dangerous. I, I actually fell down an escalator once and cut my leg up pretty good because those uh, those grates, if you ever actually looked at a uh, escalator step, they're, they're this hard metal and they have these grates in there so, so it can go you know, down and, and just flip around. It's it's not just flat like a regular step. I mean, it, there's some pretty good teeth in those steps and they can take a good chunk out of your leg. Anyway, there's a campaign to get people on escalators just to stay put and not walk at all up or down. Because apparently in this city, in Japan, there's been a bunch of accidents involving escalators recently. And that has led to these people being concerned uh, about people getting hurt, especially people with disabilities, because they are saying that they feel unsafe as people are trying to rush past them on the escalator. Now, advocates of these changes argue that escalators were never designed for walking up and down. They were designed for people to stand there and let it take you up or down. And they, th- this group wants people to change the way that all the visitors, because they, really they're concerned about the Tokyo Olympics. And so they're talking about this before the Olympics, because the Olympics are, are still on. I think we're, what, three months or, or maybe 100 days, something like that, from the Tokyo Olympics. And so th- they're, they're trying to get the word out, hey, visitors, if you are going to be coming for the Tokyo Olympics, when you're on an escalator, just stand there. Don't rush. Don't walk. We're not going to have you stand on the right and walk on the left. Just Just stand there and enjoy the ride because that's really what they're they're concerned about now according to data released by the tokyo fire department they say around 1400 people every year over a four-year period 2012 to 2016 were taken to the hospital and most of those people were over 65 years old so this group is not just concerned about folks who might be disabled but also older folks who who might get bumped or or don't have the uh, the arm strength to maybe hold themselves up if they do get bumped and they fall on one of these escalators. Interestingly enough, in 2016, uh, this, I, I believe, happened in London. There was an experiment where they asked uh, people just to have standing-only escalators to, to see if it would actually improve in fi- efficiency because you would think that if everybody's just standing there, it wouldn't be as efficient as if you had people walking and standing because the walkers would uh, get there a little bit faster and you'd have a little bit more of a traffic flow, or if everybody was walking, you'd, you'd have more people using the escalator than if everybody was just standing there. Well, the result that they found by having people just standing across it and, and not walking, they were able to carry more passengers at peak time and cut congestion. I have not seen the numbers on this study, and I'd like to see more studies than just this one to see if it really is more efficient because it doesn't seem like it. It doesn't sound like it's counterintuitive. But then again, there are counterintuitive uh, experiments that happen all the time. And and, and sometimes it is more efficient to do certain things that that seem like it isn't. 
So I guess we'll see where this goes, if people will just stand on the escalator or continue to walk. I guess head to your local mall and see, and maybe just start yelling from the rooftops. Hey, just stand. Don't walk on the escalator. All right, so uh, 5 p.m. producer here at Denver 7. Producer extraordinaire, my former, one of my former bosses, and also the original co-host of this program, Joseph Peters. He forwarded me a tweet, and and I I was I did uh, for a while have Joseph on the show, and I and I had uh, Nicole Brady as the fill-in on the show for a while. But you know because we have to do the the Zoom thing because we can't be in person, it's just it just doesn't sound right. So uh, well, maybe when we get back into the studio, into the station where we can all be together, and, and then we can start you know getting co-hosts back again because because I, I, I think the sound was just not great anyway. Joseph, the, the, you know, the original co-host of this program with me, he forwarded me a tweet the other day, and it comes from a person named Deborah Kopakin. And this is what Deborah says. Ban traffic stops. Seriously, just ban them altogether and use the U.S. mail. Someone speeding? Send them a ticket. Taillight broken? Send them a ticket. Registration expired? Send them a ticket. Air freshener hanging from the rearview mirror? Are you even serious? Do nothing. There's an interesting idea here in an opinion that actually, you know, it stems from a larger social issue. As And I'm sure you've seen this in the news this past week. A young black man in Minnesota, Dante Wright, he was shot by police after a traffic stop and he died as a result of that shooting. And Dante's mother said her son was pulled over because he had an air freshener dangling from his rear view mirror. That is illegal actually in Minnesota. Dante called his mom because he was asked for insurance on the car and he was asking her to provide the insurance information for the police and then it escalated from there. Now I don't know the the circumstances other than that in this case. I'm not comfortable really commenting on it. I, I never have thought laws like this one though, the one in Minnesota, and really they, they are across the country it's, it's where it's illegal to have something dangling from your rearview mirror is really worth being pulled over for. I mean, this specific Minnesota law prohibits any object from being suspended between the driver and the windshield other than the sun visor, rearview mirrors, global positioning system, or navigation system when mounted or located near the bottommost portion of the windshield and electronic toll collection devices. Basically, the law is saying that having any object attached to your windshield or hanging from the rearview mirror can obstruct the driver's view, and then that results in a dangerous situation where the driver might not be able to see another vehicle um, or see an animal or a pedestrian or a bicyclist. It's basically so you have an unobstructed view of the entire windshield with nothing distracting you or pulling your eyesight away from the road. That's what it's designed to do as a safety measure. However, ironically, the law does not apply to law enforcement vehicles or authorized emergency vehicles either. So when this young man was driving his car, he had the, this air freshener hanging down from the rear view mirror. It gave police there in Minnesota probable cause to pull him over. Yes, it is probable cause to pull somebody over. But, and I don't know why this situation escalated the way it did, 
and, and I'm not going to comment about this. It's obviously tragic that this that this man lost his life. This young father lost his life, and, and he this this he should be alive. But this is one of those laws that seems to have a good intention when it was thought up and voted on and enacted, not block your view while you're driving, but obviously it can lead to confrontations between police and citizens. And in this case, it ended with a horrible outcome. I mean, really, is is it worth pulling somebody over for something dangling from their rear view mirror? It, it it seems like that is one of the most minor infractions that you can do. And yes, it is a law. And yes, it gives police probable cause to pull you over. But seriously, an air freshener dangling from your rear view mirror. Uh, the, you know, there's a, there's a small town here in Metro Denver. It's called Lakeside. It's maybe a square mile in total. Uh, and they have a very aggressive police department, and the officers will pull people over for such for such a thing. Anything on the windshield, a sticker, a crack, anything hanging from your rearview mirror, anything that they say blocks the view of the driver is a way for them in that little city to pull somebody over and write a ticket and collect some revenue uh, for their little town because they don't really have a big tax base. They have a very uh, uh, small area. I think they have a Walmart there. Or it's a... Walmart or a Kmart or something. And when you talk about classic police traps, that town is it. I had a uh, car for a while with a little crack in the windshield. I would avoid that area. I would take roads to the side of that, uh, that town just so I wouldn't get anywhere near their police department. Just because the reputation of their police is to pull anybody over for any minor infraction just to write a ticket. And you're not getting off, you're not getting off with a warning there. You are getting a ticket and getting a fine, and you have to show up to court and pay their court fees. And I and I remember a time. This is years and years ago, even before I had kids. My wife and I were up in Aspen for some weekend, and we were staying there. And we went out to dinner. I had a glass of wine or two, and was we were driving from the restaurant back to the hotel. And my car, I did I didn't realize it at the time, but one of my headlights was out. And we're driving down Main Street. And we're passing, uh, I, I'm, I'm going the speed limit, uh, and, and we're passing a police officer uh, from Aspen, and he does, and it was obvious to see, as soon as I pass him, he has a major U-turn from the one lane, he was going the opposite direction, and pulls right behind me, flips the lights on, and boom, pulls me over. And when he came up to the uh, the window, I, I said, "What's what's going on? Why'd you pull me over?" And he and he said, "Do you? I pulled you over because you have a headlight out." And and while he was talking to me, his head was so far into the car, he was nearly kissing my steering wheel. I, I I'm sure he was trying to smell my breath to see if I was under the influence. I wasn't even close. I wouldn't do that, but but he 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 didn't know, so he's checking. He he tells me that when I get home back to Denver, that I should just get the light fixed, and he gave me a warning and let me go. He's he's basically looking for a bigger fish, a DUI fish, and I was not that DUI fish. I, I've seen many times before with other officers. I've done ride-alongs. Uh, I've talked to them in the past. They're looking for the bigger fines. They're looking for the bigger infractions. They're looking for the bigger fish. Uh, so, somebody, in their words, they can take to jail. 
That's basically what officers have told me in the past. Somebody that they can take to jail. So when this officer in Minnesota pulled over this young man, this officer was obviously looking for something bigger than just writing a ticket for having a air freshener dangling from the windshield. And unfortunately, this is now a much bigger situation that it ever needed to be. Most states do have some sort of law about an unobstructed view for the driver, and it allows for very little, if anything, to be put on the windshield or from the rear view mirror. So this situation where someone was pulled over for uh, an air freshener on the rear view mirror is possible in most states. It's possible for you right now, if you have something on your windshield, a crack, a sticker, a, a whatever, that, that the, an officer would say is blocking your view, officer discretion here, can pull you over. And then, obviously, look for other issues, a warrant, or a, uh, write you a ticket for something else. But they're always looking for the bigger fish. And this law allows them to at least make the initial contact and look for that bigger fish. And it's it breaks my heart my heart that that th- this is how it has to be. Why why can't it's it's really not that big of a deal to hang an air freshener from your windshield or from the rear view mirror. I when I, when I was a kid my first car, my 1975 Plymouth Fury, there was this um it was a uh it, it was a Ear of corn, basically a, a, a stuffy, a, you know, a, a stuffed animal, ear of corn. And it was named Lee J. Cobb, who was an actor um, back a long time ago. But I thought it was kind of funny. And it, it, I had this, this, it was, I mean, it was pretty big. It was uh, longer than my hand, uh, but it was Lee J. Cobb. And I hung it from my uh, rear view mirror and I used to drive with it all the time in my, uh, in my Plymouth Fury. Um not knowing that I was going to get pulled over for it, and I never did, as far as I recall. But um, people do it all. I mean, what about the fuzzy dice or whatever? I mean, come on. It's just the other issue that Deborah in the original tweet brought up about banning all traffic stops altogether. I think actually it could be a possibility in the future. Now, we've heard many calls, obviously, to defund the police, and that would most likely mean traffic enforcement. But the other issue that Deborah, the original tweeter, brought up about banning all traffic stops altogether, I think that actually could be a possibility in the future. Now, we've heard many calls, obviously, to defund the police. And I think that would most likely start with reduced traffic enforcement. And if we see fewer traffic officers, then I think we're going to see more people on the roads behaving badly in traffic. The one way to counteract that without more police on the road pulling people over is to use more cameras and automated ticketing systems. They're obviously already used in many cities around the country, whether it's photo radar, photo red light, vans where somebody's sitting in the van doing uh, photo speed traps. Now, the problem with these systems right now is that it's basically a fine and not a summons, except for the driver who's sitting in the speed van. I think that one's operated a little bit differently. The difference is the fine that you get in the mail is like not paying your water bill on time. And 
they're they're going to send you a fine. Uh, you you have the ability to pay it. They'll say if you don't pay it by this date that they're going to increase the fine. Uh, but if you don't pay it at all, it's actually not the same as not paying a ticket that you receive from an officer at the time you get a traffic stop. There's a huge difference there. The summons when you get pulled over by an officer and you receive, let's say, a speeding ticket, that is a summons where you are required to go to court because in this country, you have the right to face your accuser. And that's really what it comes down to. You have the right to face your accuser. And when you are pulled over, this member of law enforcement is accusing you of doing something against the law. You then have the right in court, in the front of a judge, to face that person and tell your side of the story and present your evidence to why that ticket is invalid or or you didn't do it. I mean, you, you've seen all the crime shows. It's not just if you uh, get uh, arrested for a burglary or whatever. It's the same thing for a traffic offense. You have the right to face your accuser and to have your day in court. And that's exactly what you're receiving from an officer when you get pulled over and, and, and you're handed a ticket. It's really a summons to court to defend yourself. You have the right, as well if you want, to plead guilty to a lesser charge. And that's what you'll see on the back. You have the, the ability, and what you're doing is you're taking a plea bargain that's already on that ticket. You're pleading to a lesser charge. You're saying, I, I'm guilty of this other off- offense, which might be defective vehicle. So it's lower points on your license, uh, on your driving record. It's a lower fine, and you don't have to go to court. You just pay the fine, and you're done with it. And that's what most people do. It's easier for them just to write the write out the check, click that you're guilty, send it back to the city, and boom, you're done. But you always have that right to go to court, to face the officer in front of a judge, and let the judge decide the merits of the case on both sides, and then make a ruling. Now, when you get a photo radar ticket, or a photo red light ticket in the mail, you're not facing your accuser. You're just being sent a fine. Even though those Tickets are supposed to be reviewed by an officer or somebody to make sure that they can see a face that they that, that it's recognized because they're not they're, some of those tickets are thrown out they're not sent off to the uh, offender because they might not recognize a person not get a good license plate whatever the case uh, there and so those are are dismissed but the ones that do go out you're being asked to pay it you don't have to pay that. I mean, it's it's not my job to identify somebody who was driving my car, whether it's me or somebody else, and went by a photo radar uh, uh, machine and, and received the ticket. The burden of proof does not fall on me to prove that it wasn't me. It is the burden of proof on them to prove that it was me. So that is the difference here, and that's why... You don't have to pay those automated tickets, but it's a different story if you are pulled over by somebody. Now, in the situation here in Denver where they have these photo radar vans, they actually have somebody sitting in the van watching the infractions, and basically the person who is sitting in the van is somebody you're going to be testifying against or facing in court, as I understand it. So I think those run a little bit differently, but again, somebody would have to come serve you the summons 
and then you could face your accuser in court. But most cities are not going to pay for that because it costs more than what the fine usually is levied. And they probably don't want to put people in a situation where you have somebody making $15 an hour going out to people's houses with the risk of being hurt or confronted or, or when you when you say, I, I'm um, presenting you and I'm going to be serving you with this ticket, official ticket now, of you uh, speeding 10 miles an hour over in this 30-mile-an-hour zone. Here you go. Well, what, what's the ultimate fine versus cost for that employee? It's not, it's not worth it. And most people anyway, they're going to be, they're paying it. They're going to pay those, those, I've, I've received questions from people about this all the time. And they say, you, you really don't have to pay it. No, you don't really have to, but I'm going to pay it anyway, just because uh, it, it makes me feel good. Fine. Then, then it makes you feel better. Then it clears your conscience. That's fine. I have no problem with that. If that's what you want to do. So this idea of just having more cameras and then using those cameras to send people speeding tickets and uh, for having tickets for a taillight out or having expired registration or, or whatever, it can't really happen the same way as if you have an actual officer pulling people over. You would have, you would have to have a serious increase in the number of cameras that are out there. You would have to have a serious number of either officers or somebody in a legal capacity that can verify these tickets and then send them out. Maybe a, a fleet of people to actually serve the offenders the tickets, so then they're actually a summons to court instead of just a uh, fine that you receive in the mail. I mean, it's really the, the, the infrastructure that would have to happen here would probably take up all the money from a defunded police department. Maybe it would work out the same amount. I, I don't know. I mean, because cameras are basically a, a big expense up front. Then there's some maintenance issues, that sort of thing. But you could probably spend a lot of money early and then have that cost flatten out in the future as you're, as you're getting more revenue because you are catching more people because there's more eyes on the road and more eyes on traffic. Uh, you could just hope that these people are going to pay tickets. And, and you probably will have most people paying the tickets if you don't mind not sending out summons uh, people to uh, to deliver these uh, summons to people, to the offenders. If you don't mind not doing that and just understand that you'll probably get 10% of the public not paying those tickets and you get 90% revenue back, fine. If that's the way you want to go out and do it. But you're going to have a lot more cameras out there. People, you know what, man, actually, maybe since people will know that there are so many more cameras out there watching speed, watching red lights, watching for your registration, that maybe people will behave better. But then we're in the George Orwell universe where you're being watched all the time for doing everything. And nobody wants that, right? But so then it's going to come down to safety. Versus privacy. People speeding. And it doesn't stop people from speeding. I mean, obviously, people could still speed, and the person could get a whole bunch, or at least uh, sent to them a whole bunch of tickets. And then what if they just lie about the address where they are, and, and they're just a, a, a crazy offender? You're still going to have to have some kind of policing presence on the roads. You have to have some kind. You can't just let it be lawlessness on the streets. 
as people are driving recklessly wherever they want. Uh, you know, it's 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 an interesting debate, and and it could be worked out where you could have fewer officers doing patrolling, more cameras doing patrolling, but you're going to have to work out a lot of these legal issues, money issues, and uh, fine issues and summons issues um, that are out there. People have consulted me on this issue all the time. I've, r- I've written stories about it, and they're just going to pay the ticket because they just don't want the hassle of having that looming over their head. So the majority of people will pay it. The mod- minority of people won't. And it, it still might work out in, in, in safety's favor, which is fine. But, but you know that there's going to be somebody or maybe a group of people. There'll, there'll be lawsuits against all of this, changing laws, privacy. You're going to see all kinds of lawsuits uh, if, if these changes or these ideas started coming out. Um. You know, it's it's really interesting to think about. It's interesting to discuss. It's an interesting idea to never pull anybody over and just let automation handle all of these issues. It's not practical yet, at least in the way of our system of personal rights and the United States Con- Constitution is written, and I doubt that's going to change. But uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. I, I think that's why I, I've always advocated for higher fines and, and, and uh, fines that are totally egregious or ridiculous for, uh, let's say, DUI. If you have somebody who's pulled over for a DUI, let's say, there's a, let's say you're, you're at 0.10, which is right at the threshold of DUI. There's one level. And then you're 0.15. There's another level. And then point is you're a, 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 a ridiculous DOI, 0.2 and above, whatever it is. And then those people maybe say the fine is $50,000. Now, nobody's going to, in a, in a state legislator, is, is going to bring that up as a bill and say, I think we should have a fine of $50,000 to people who have a, a extreme high DUI, even though that would stop it. It would stop it right there if you were fining people $50,000, $20,000, whatever, making them spend a mandatory one year in prison. You're not going to have those kind of DUIs anymore. But nobody's willing to do that. It's just like the um, people get killed in crashes, car crashes. It's just a, a vehicular homicide instead of murder. Sometimes a, a car can be used as a weapon. And it's... Some of those, uh, maybe some of those should uh, change. Anyway, those, those, that's my thoughts. What's your thoughts? You can always contact me here uh, in the description of the show. All my contact information, the phone number, 303-832-0217. Driving you crazy podcast at gmail.com. Of course, you can always hit me up on Twitter as well, at Denver7Traffic, or Jason Luber Traffic Guy on Facebook. So contact me there anytime. Uh, those are some of my thoughts. What are your thoughts about all of this? Hope to get a, I uh, hope to, uh, hope to, I don't even know what I'm talking about. My voice is raspy. Uh, I will <laughs> hopefully have somebody on a guest next week. We'll, we'll see what happens. I, I am off, uh, this weekend though, to, uh, Goodland, Kansas on a road trip for a baton twirling, uh, competition. So, I have that going for me, and I'll be doing the announcing there, so maybe I'll lose my voice and I won't have a voice for next week. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll see how that goes, too. Anyway, thanks again for being here. As always, thanks again for always supporting the show. And until next time, I'm Jason Luber, the Traffic Guy. Be safe, and as always, happy motoring.